1: future paleontologists. How's everybody doing out there? I'm Dinosaur George. Welcome to my podcast. Today is a special day for two reasons. Reason number one, it's Thanksgiving Day. If you live in the United States, happy Thanksgiving to you. If you don't, well, happy Thursday to everyone else out there. That's one reason why it's a special day, but... The main reason for me why it's a special day is today is the two-year anniversary of this podcast. That's right. It is two years. That's worth another song. Oh, yeah. This is a good one. So this is our two-year anniversary, and I am thrilled, 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 thrilled. And we are successful because of all of you. It's because you tell your friends about this and your family is nice enough to let you listen. And because of that, we have had 548,292 downloads of this podcast. 548,292 we are heard in 162 countries around the world and that equals 11,982 cities so this podcast is worldwide and it is again successful because of you I mean I could sit here and record stuff all day long but if nobody listens to it it doesn't do any good but as what's helped us so much is that you are willing to tell your family and friends about it, and they are willing to tell everyone else about it, and that's what grows this podcast. So thank all of you, honestly, from the bottom of my heart. Thank you all so very much for helping to make this podcast a success. I never imagined when I started it two years ago, I didn't know if we were going to have two listeners or ten listeners, and now we have over half a million. So that's that's exciting to me, and I especially like the fact that we're heard In 162 different countries and territories all over the world. That's very exciting. So there we go. That's great news and happy anniversary to us. And I hope hope that you all have enjoyed listening as much as I have enjoyed making these for you. A couple of things to cover. Um, If you live in or around San Antonio, we have just added a bunch of new things to our store. We've now added plush animals. That's like stuffed dinosaurs and stuff like that. And we've also really added a bunch of science experiments. I don't sell a lot of things that take batteries because what I'm, what I want to do is encourage you young people to use your imaginations. I don't sell video games. I like video games. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with them, but what I mean is that, I I like it when you use your imagination, because your imagination is going to be very important for those of you that decide to become paleontologists or archaeologists, because sometimes we have to use our imagination when we find something, we have to use our imagination to help figure out, well, what did this thing do? And so building your imagination is very powerful, and, and again, I love video games. I, I don't discourage people from using them. But what I'm saying is that in my store, I try to have things that need imagination. And with the science experiments, these are hands on. You can like make your own volcano or you can make your own robots. You can uh, make a solar powered robot. So anyway, if you live in or around the San Antonio area or if you're ever uh, coming to visit, uh my, my gift shop is loaded with new stuff. And I also have rocks, minerals, fossils, all kinds of collectible things for both children and adults. And of course, at the back of the museum I have I mean the back of the store, I have the museum. If you have ever wanted to see how big a giganotosaurus skull is, or a spinosaurus, or tyrannosaurus rex, Listen, there's not a lot of places in the United States where you can find all of those together, including Dinochirus Arms, Saurophaginax. I do not know of any museum in the United States that has all of those that i listed. There may be, but I don't know where it is. So it's worth coming to see just to see those pieces. And then finally, on my website store, we have sold out of every Spinosaurus tooth. So I'm getting ready to add new ones in there. I'm going to try to do that hopefully tomorrow. So if you want real fossils, that's what I've got on my website is real fossils. I don't have any toys on my website, unfortunately, but I've got real fossils. And Spinosaurus teeth really are popular because I sell them at a very affordable price. And I sell them inside of a display case, which is really cool because then they look nice and uh, they're protected. And they have a nice label on them. So I am going to load a bunch more on as soon as I, hopefully as soon as I finish uh, recording this podcast and the website, you can go to dinosaurgeorge.com and click on the store and it'll take you there. All right. Let me give a couple of shout outs. Speaking of my store last weekend, I was lucky enough to get to meet Nico Raptor, Bruno, Anna and Isabel and their families. They came all the way from San Diego From San Diego to San Antonio, that's a long way to travel. And the reason why is Nico Raptor got really good grades, and that was a treat for him. I am so proud of you, Nico. I am so proud of you for working hard and getting good grades. And thank you to your parents for rewarding you for doing something really good. Congratulations for having such good parents. I want you to know, Mom and Dad, I enjoyed meeting you all. I enjoyed meeting your friends. I really enjoyed talking to you, and uh, thank you for the kind words about the podcast. I I really appreciate that, and thank you for letting Nico listen. And again, it was so nice meeting Bruno, Anna, and I know it's not Anna, it's Anna. I think I said that right. I want to make sure I got that right. And Isabel, Um, it was so nice meeting all of you, mom and dad, families. uh, It's so nice meeting all of you. Thank you for coming out. I'm so glad I got to meet you in person. Uh, Some shout-outs to some elementary schools where my traveling museum stopped. One is Ron Elementary in Decatur, Texas. Um, By the way, I got to do the coolest thing in the world. One of our newest Patreon Club T-Rex members was named Wyatt. And Wyatt was a student at Ron Elementary. Uh, I think it's pronounced Ron, unless you guys pronounce it Ran. But I think it's Ron Elementary. It's in Decatur, Texas. So Wyatt's mom and dad decided to surprise him. By giving him a T Rex Club membership to uh, the Patron Club, and Wyatt didn't know it at the time. So when I got there, I called Wyatt up in front of all of his class and I announced he was the newest member that his parents had bought him that. And uh, Wyatt, it was so nice meeting you and your mom, your family. It was so nice meeting you. Thank you so very much for becoming a, a Patron Club member, and it was a very exciting thing for me to be allowed to uh, give you your two welcome gifts in person. Then we went to Kerr Elementary in Allen, Texas. Shout out to all the students there. To Garden Ridge in Garden Ridge, Texas, Garden Ridge Elementary. It was great meeting all of you. I really enjoyed visiting you, and I hope you enjoyed it as well. Then some shout outs to some groups and folks that I got to do a private lesson for. One was the Virginia Institute of Autism I had such a good time with you. Your students had such good questions, and I hope you are all so proud of your students. They did a great job. Then I got to be a part of Aiden's sixth birthday. Shout out to Aiden and all of his friends. It was so nice getting a chance to do that. Then Josiah turned 11. I got to do a private lesson for Josiah and his friends. And then finally, Bo. I got a chance to do a lesson for Bo and all of his friends. Turned seven years old. Happy birthday to all of you. And I hope that uh, you enjoyed your private lesson. I certainly enjoyed doing it for you. Let's get into our feature creature. <laughs> It's time for our feature creature segment. If you would like to suggest a creature, go to the Dinosaur George Kids podcast page at dinosaurgeorge.com or post your suggestion on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page. Now, here is your feature creature. Well, this one is going to be a doozy. This one, this one is incredible. I got to tell you, this this is one of the most exciting discoveries in a long time. The dinosaur's name is Stegauros, not Stegosaurus. Don't confuse it with Stegosaurus. It is Stegauros. The name means roofed tail. Roof tail. Why do they call it roof tail? I'll tell you why. First of all, it's a small little dinosaur. It's a member of the Ankylosaur family. It's a little guy. It uh, it's between 1.8 to two meters long. That's like between 5.9 and six and a half feet long. It's very short. It's a little one. I suspect looking at the pictures, it probably weighed, I don't know, maybe 150 to maybe 180 pounds. What's amazing about it is it was discovered in the southern part of Chile at South America. This is the first recorded ankylosaur ever found in South America. That's very exciting because up until this, nobody knew that ankylosaurs lived in South America. That's a dinosaur that most people associate with North America. Uh, We find ankylosaurs not just in North America. Listen, we find ankylosaurs in Asia, in Europe. So they are found... They are found in different parts of the world. But in this particular case, this is the first one, the first one to be found in South America. It lived during the late Cretaceous period between 74.9 and 71.7 MYA. What does MYA stand for? I know you are all saying it out loud. Millions of years ago. Millions of years ago, it lived 74.9 million years. Now, some people say, why do you say 74.9? Why not just say 75 million years? Well, when you are talking about millions of years, the difference between 74.9 and 75 is a lot. It's like a lot. So when you see these kinds of things, you need to understand that rounding those numbers up or down can mean the difference of thousands of years. It's hard for us to think about thousands of years. Listen, 3,000 years ago, the pyramids were being built. So look at the big difference in time between then and now. So 74.9 to 71.7 millions of years ago, It is an herbivore. It eats plants and it is a quadruped. It walks on all fours. Now, there's a lot of things amazing about this dinosaur. One, it was relatively complete, which is rare. It's hard to find a relatively complete dinosaur. This one was pretty complete. So scientists know quite a bit about it. It was first discovered in February of 2018 by a group of Texas researchers. So it has a connection to my home state. And, and one other thing, you know, what were a group of Texas researchers doing in Chile? Why were they down there digging? How come people from Chile weren't digging? Well, that's the great thing about paleontology, is that countries invite paleontologists from different parts of the world to get to come in and work with them to help discover things. That's the greatest part about paleontology. You have paleontologists from Canada that go to China to help dig. You have paleontologists from Japan that might come to Texas to dig or a paleontologist from Italy might go to Canada. Um, It's a great thing that bring you bring in people from all over the world. That's the best part about paleontology is you get input and help from people all over the world. It makes the science stronger when you include other people. That is why I've said it doesn't matter what, Uh, sex you are, what religion you are, what nationality you are. It doesn't matter. Those things don't matter. Paleontology, you can be a female paleontologist. You can be a paleontologist from Asia or Africa or South America or North America or Mexico. It doesn't matter. And that's the great thing. So it was discovered by a group in 2018. It was described in 2021. I'm going to ask you all again, what do I mean by it was described? If your parents are close by, stop this uh, stop this podcast and go explain to them what it means to describe a dinosaur if they don't know. What it means if you're new to this podcast, when somebody finds a new kind of dinosaur or prehistoric animal, they have to write down. All the information about it, that is called describing it. They have to list all the bones that were found. They have to explain what kind of dinosaur it is based on what was found. They have to prove that they have found a new kind of dinosaur. Once they have described it, that information is turned over to other paleontologists who will then agree or disagree with your, with your paper. If they agree with it and all the evidence you've shown proves that it's a new dinosaur, then it gets an official name and you get to name it. And now everybody knows about it. But if they look at it and say, I don't think this is a new kind of dinosaur. I believe that this dinosaur has already been found. And here's the name that they gave it. You have to go back and do more research to prove that yours is different. That's the best, that's the that's the other thing about the importance of paleontology, the importance of science. You can't have everybody just giving new names to dinosaurs because you, you could end up with one dinosaur with 25 different names. And so to control that, there has to be a system in place. And to describe it means that someone or a group of someone's has to do research. They have to write a scientific paper and that paper has to be Uh, accepted by peers. It's called peer review. A peer is someone you work with, someone within your industry. It has to be peer review, means those people review it and they approve it or or disagree with it. So that's why sometimes there can be two or three or four years between the time that a new dinosaur was found and when it was named. Now, this is a little member of the ankylosaur family. That's not a very big dinosaur. Um, Six feet is not that's in that's an average-sized adult, so it's a little dude. But there's a couple of things amazing about it. Again, one of them I already told you. It was discovered in South uh, uh, in uh, South America, making it the first ever. Its body was covered in little pieces of body armor. You would expect that from an ankylosaur. Body armor are pieces of bone that are kind of stuck in the skin of the dinosaur, and it gives it protection, its defense. The scientific term for those is osteoderms. An osteoderm is a piece of bone that is on the exterior. It's not connected to the skeleton. It is free floating. If any of you have ever seen a tortoise, the next time you get to see a tortoise, I don't want you to look at its shell. I want you to look at its legs. Look at its legs because you're going to see these little knobby things all over its legs. Those are osteoderms. Those are defensive. When the turtle crawls into it, closes itself up in the shell, when it pulls its little legs in, those osteoderms are pointing to the outside. They're defensive, they are protection. So, this little ankylosaur was covered with uh, body armor. Now, here's where it gets a little confusing. Ankylosauria, that is the name where all of the little armored, not little, all of the armored dinosaurs fit, like Panacosaurus, Ankylosaurus, Euoplocephalus, Cycania, oh my gosh, my mind just went blank, but there's so many different kinds, Um, Notosaurus, uh, Gastonia, all of those dinosaurs fit into the giant group of ankylosauria but then that family is divided sort of into two groups the ankylosaurs and the Nodosaurs. nodosaurors do not have clubs on their tail so nodosaurus gastonia they are Nodosaurs. ankylosaurus cycania Euoplocephalus, they are ankylosaurs because they have a club. But here's the confusing part about Stegaurus. It does not, well, it sort of has a club, but it also has sort of like blades on its tail. Its tail is the weirdest thing you are ever going to see. Its name is spelled S-T-E-U. G-O-U-R-O-S. Stay Gauras. I advise you all to go straight to the web, straight to a search engine and look at it. And when you see its tail, you're going to go, that is the most amazing thing I've ever seen because it is unlike anything you've ever seen. It's kind of flat with these blade-like things that go down. And then at the end, they're kind of fused together to kind of make This flat weapon, it's so hard to explain. It's not round like an ankylosaurus tail. Imagine if you took a steamroller and ran over ankylosaurus's tail and made it flat as a pancake. That's kind of sort of what this thing looks like. It's incredible. It is unlike any other ankylosauria. Nothing's like this. It is the weirdest thing you've ever seen. The tail is pretty short. It has 26 tail vertebrae. But the last 12 of them are covered with seven pairs of flat, sharp osteoderms. They are not body armor. These are slicing mechanisms. These are blades. These things are like giant knives, axes, hatchets. There's nothing like this thing. And then at the very end, the last five are fused together. What that means... When There can be two kinds of vertebra, free and fused. Fused means sort of connected, like they're glued together, like they're welded together, they're stuck together. They can't wiggle. An ankylosaur's tail club and the last few vertebra are fused. They don't want the tail club to be wiggly. They want the tail to be wiggly, but they want the club to be stiff. When you swing it and you hit something, You want to do damage. If it's flexible, it won't hurt. Think about this. If you have a baseball bat and a piece of cooked spaghetti. All right. If you swing the baseball bat and you hit something, that bat is a solid piece. It is going to hurt. If you swing spaghetti, it's not going to hurt because it can't pick up any momentum. It will slap you, Ow! but it certainly won't cause major injury. But this thing, its tail at the base is flexible. It wants to be able to swing its tail. It just doesn't want the very end to wiggle. It wants it to be stiff. And these fused vertebrae make it stiff. And that forms this sort of flat structure, this flat plate thing that would have been just a horrifying weapon. The reason why that tail is so spectacular, in my opinion, is because this dinosaur appears to be small. There are ways to tell if a dinosaur is a grown-up or a baby. The one that they found doesn't appear to be a baby. It appears to be kind of close to being a grown-up. And so maybe that's as big as they ever get. Maybe they're not as big. Maybe they just stay kind of small. Well, that tail is the great equalizer. I don't care how small you are. When you've got a tail like that, that thing is going to keep you away. Think of a porcupine. Porcupines don't grow to the size of a grizzly bear because they don't have to. They can stay small. Their weapons allow them to stay small. They don't need to be giant. Uh, In this particular case, Stegaurus does not need to be big like its cousin Ankylosaurus because it's got the super weapon. And that is the slasher tail. This thing is amazing. I find it absolutely interesting. And I hope you find it as interesting as I do. This is an amazing dinosaur. It's an amazing discovery. And hopefully they will find more of them to answer the question, was this a young one? Was this a grown up? And if it wasn't a young one, then how or if it, if it was a young one, how big do they get? I believe you're looking at a small little dinosaur. And why did it why is it called roofed tail? Because those plates kind of sort of look like shingles on the roof of a house. Maybe that's why they named it roofed tail. Those flat things look like the shingles on the roof of a house. That's my opinion. Maybe there's another reason why. That's my opinion. So that's it. That is our little feature creature, which I think is an amazing animal. Now, I want to jump over to the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page and just buzz down it real quick. Make a couple of comments. Um, this is really nice. The Woolsey family uh, said, Happy Thanksgiving. Same to you. They found, oh, my favorite dinosaur, Allosaurus. Allosaurus. The boys are standing in front of it. That's a great picture, man. Thank you so very much for sending that. I think that's the coolest thing in the world. That is so absolutely cool. And then Aldrich, the TV explorer. Somebody posted a really cool link to a great... Hey, that's really cool. It's a YouTube video. looks really nice. That's very, very cool. Uh, Going through this, I'm just buzzing down here. A lot of people sending Thanksgiving wishes. Thank you so very much. Uh, Justine's seventh birthday... Uh, Oh, look at that. Look at that. How nice is that? That is so cool. Justine, I love this very much. Thank you for posting that picture. Thank you for being a member of the Patreon Club. Happy birthday to you. That is so very cool. They made a dinosaur cake, which is cool. They have dinosaurs on the table. Thank you so much. And uh, who would win Spinosaurus versus Baryonyx versus Velociraptor versus Dinosaur George? Well, who do you think is going to win, kid? Let me tell you, there's only one thing in that group that has the underarm body odor that is so horrifying, nothing can survive. The reason why your birthday cake dinosaur is green is because it smelled my powerful stink bombs. No dinosaur can survive. Happy birthday, Justine. That's so cool. Let's see. Uh oh, oh, this is so cool. This is so very cool. This is great. Well, uh, Colt, thank you for posting. This is such a cool thing. Uh, what have you got here? You posted a short video, Colt. What is this? Let me see if I can let me see if I can play it on here.
0: Thanks. El Stinko. El Stinko.
1: What? Wait one minute. You rotten little kid! Let me tell you something. No one knows the identity of El Stinko. No one knows the identity of El Stinko. So do not call me El Stinko, you stinking little kid. (laughs) And hopefully you guys will get to come down to the uh, museum. I'd love to meet you in person Thank you so very much, uh, Colt. That's so very kind of you, and I love the video. But don't call me El Stinko, you rotten little kid. Actually, that was very good. (laughs) All right. uh, Joshua, age six, made a really cool Triceratops. Hey, that's great. That's great. It's got a great, oh, those are Legos. That's a very good job. Nicely done, Joshua. I'm very proud of you. Uh, That is very kind. And thank you so much, Mom or Dad, whoever posted this picture. I appreciate that so very much. That's really, really cool. By the way, uh, David Swift just posted, what time? I'm doing a free lesson tomorrow. Now, uh, let me explain. Today is November 24th in the year 2022. Tomorrow, on 11-25-2022, I'm doing a free lesson for everyone on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page. It is open to everyone who is a member of the Dinosaur George Kids page. It's tomorrow. You're probably going to hear this podcast tomorrow, so it's not going to do anybody any good. But I just wanted to mention it's at 10 o'clock Central Time tomorrow. So if you hear this before tomorrow, I hope you rush in and get on top of that. All right, uh, here is the Lions family. Uh Justin said they found some fossils in Comfort, Texas. That's not too far for me. Uh, Justin said their gastropods, nicely done. Nicely done. Justin wants to be a paleontologist where you're on a good start. Because, yes, you have found a very large prehistoric snail. And since it is in limestone, I suspect it's late Cretaceous. So basically, Justin, the, the fossil you were holding in that picture was crawling around on the ocean floor. While Tyrannosaurus lived uh, during that age, it's that old. Mosasaurus were swimming around that thing. Very, very nice. Um, and then the Bar uh, Bardale's family. Um uh, mom, you posted such a kind message. And and everybody that added their comments, thank you all. That it's such an incredibly kind thing to take the time to do that. I really appreciate. I really appreciate you guys doing that. And thank you parents, uh, for letting your children listen to me and listen to my podcast. That is the greatest honor you can, I can get. Um, you know, there's so many things that children have access to. And I'm sure as a parent, it's very concerning because not all of them are good. And I appreciate how many of you feel comfortable enough to allow your children to listen to this podcast. It means the world to me. And I especially appreciate how many of you listen with your kids, which that is also an incredible honor for me. So thank you so very much for such a kind comment. And for all of you that took the time to comment on her comment, thank you all so much. I'm honored. And it is, it is so cool. Here's Spinonorosaurus, Spinonorosaurus is standing inside the mouth of a megalodon. It's been nice knowing you, kid. Your new name? Shark Nugget. And also, she's feeding a cassowary. Listen, cassowaries are like raptors. That's a good an- analogy. Those those animals are, could be very dangerous just like a raptor. So thank you. So merry so very much. Archelosphosaurus was kind enough to post a really good picture of its Therizinosaurus. Looks like your Stiggy Moloch is down. I guess it tried to interfere. Love that picture. And then here is a picture of Nico Raptor and his family. The one I gave a shout out to. It was so nice meeting all of you. And by the way, Nico Raptor, again, I want to congratulate you for your um, good grades and the mystery Raptor, which only you and I know what we're talking about. It was nice meeting you guys. Uh, the Ryan family posted some really nice drawings and really cool pictures. This is great. These are very, very good. Uh, this is so nice. It's just so great. And then my friend, Martin Wilmot, Martin has a really he posted a video. Martin does birthday parties and he does events. He's in Louisiana. um, Listen, if you click on his video, I think there's got to be a link to my friend Martin's page. He is a very nice man. He's very courteous and he's very good with kids. Very, very good with kids. So parents, if you live in or around the Louisiana area and you're looking for somebody to to make an appearance at a birthday, I, I feel very comfortable telling you Martin is the guy that you should contact. Uh, here we have one of my Patreon club members, uh, young Mr. Thompson is sitting there, uh, on his, uh, laptop watching a lesson we just taught the other day. Thank you very much. And I'm glad you enjoy it. That's very good. Um, let's see, here's something else. That's kind of cool. Uh, other parents can put on questions and ask like this one, um, uh, Likioni family. I think I pronounced that late, right? Licchione family, I'm sure I did, Uh, just mentioned that they live in Sydney, Australia, and wants to meet some local dinosaur enthusiasts. That's what's great about this page, is you can post that kind of stuff and and share. Parents, it is a very safe page. We watch very carefully what sort of content is being put on. Uh, uh, Riley Dino posted some really nice images. These are great. These are great. And he did some really cool Who Would Wins. This is very, very interesting. I like this a lot. That's very, very good. Very, very good. Uh, let's see. Max and Wanda show a picture of a Brachiosaurus eating leaves from a lemon tree. A lemon tree! Uh, now it's turned into Sourpussasaurus because when it eats a lemon, ugh. Okay, lemons are good for you. I just don't like lemons. But that's a great picture, and I love that very, very much. That's really, really cool. Uh, what else have we got? E-Raptor and Elasma Rowan posted some really cool stuff. Oh, they've got a whole rock show going on. They captured Cha-Cha-Cha-Raptor. We'll keep it. Make sure you keep it. Do not let it loose because it's a horrifying animal. Listen, you guys got a whole rock show. <laughs> he's playing the piano. All right, that is <laughs> that is really brilliant. That's really very brilliant. I like that a lot. That's really cool. You know, I mentioned... Uh, I mentioned that um, uh, at, at the beginning, Wyatt, who's our newest member, there's some pictures of me and Wyatt together at his school. Uh, Mom, thank you for posting the pictures. And thank you again for letting me be the one lucky enough to announce that uh, uh, that Wyatt had become a member. Uh, let's see. This is from Tamal. Tamal, this is a very good drawing. That's a good Tyrannosaurus Rex. I like that. That's very good. I like that a lot. That's very good. Uh, Nicely done, my friend. Nicely done. I need to comment on that real quick. That's really good. There. I just made a comment on there. Uh, Let's see what else we got. Uh, Maddox. (laughs) Maddox came in the the museum on his seventh birthday. That was so cool. Look at him right in front of that Tyrannosaurus Rex. Uh, Maddox, it should have eaten you. Hopefully they put barbecue sauce on you before they sent you back there. I hope so anyway. Happy birthday, buddy. That's so cool. What else we got? Arlosaurus from Scotland. Very, very nice. By the way, guess what, Crofts family? I bought a couple of feet of Scottish land. (laughs) So now I'm a Scottish lord. (laughs) I just want you to know that's great. I love that mask a lot. I like that dino mask very, very much. Uh, Were any dinosaurs nocturnal? Yeah, there were nocturnal dinosaurs. Absolutely. I have no doubt there were nocturnal dinosaurs. Absolutely. Um, Dinosaurs were no different from animals today. In every environment, something is going to learn to take advantage of something that's there. For instance, animals today, some are nocturnal, some are dineral, which means out during the daytime. Some lizards only come out at night. Some only hunt during the day. Some snakes come out at night. Some hunt during the day. Some mammals come out during the day. Some come out at night. That's common. So I absolutely feel. I know there was a dinosaur in um, Australia named Leolinosaurus, which had really, really large eyes. And that would suggest that it was probably a nocturnal dinosaur. So I think there probably were uh, nocturnal dinosaurs. Let's see Kara posted a really good uh picture uh listening to the Dryosaurus podcast. Oh that's very good. Look. Oh that's very good. Kara posted the eating cycle. Dinosaur eats leaves. Eats the nuts. Swallows them. Poops. The nuts grow into a tree and life begins again. Dryosaurus is an example of the dinosaurs that are Part of the environment. They have to be part of the environment. Kara, that's a very good drawing. And I like very much how you listed all the steps. That's very good. And I'm very proud of you. That's absolutely excellent. Very, very good. Then Gracie Rex is cruising around on oh, she looks like she's riding a dinosaur. That is so cool. That is absolutely great. That's so cool. Uh and then, oh, this is so cool. The Pettit family. Uh, the kids are taken. <laughs> That's so good. That's so good. Theo wanted to show me a picture by Argentinosaurus, which is at Lake George Expedition Park in New York. Is Lake George named after you? Well, of course it is. Anything with the word in it was named after me. Everything. Uh, Georgia. Hello. They named a state after me. Uh, George of the jungle. Hello. They named a jungle after me. Georgie, little Georgie pants in it. Wait, stop right there. Okay, they did not name that after me, and don't anybody call me that. Look what you did to me. Look what you did to me, Theo, you stinking kid. That's very good. Thank you for posting. That's very, very cool. That is so cool. Isaac posted a cool picture from Australia. Uh, He's dressed up as a raptor for Halloween. I like that a lot. Very, very cool. And then Luca Don dressed as a T-Rex. For Halloween, there were so many dinosaurs out there. That's great. And then Tamal posted a picture of a megalodon with the brygmophyseter shark. Nicely done. I like that very much. That's really good. That's really good. Uh, Andorex posted a cool picture with a baby postasuchus being attacked by a coelophysis. That came from the coelophysis, I mean, the postasuchus episode. Thank you for posting that. That's absolutely great. And I still like the idea. That uh, Rory Raptor Was out there with the trainer With the trainer looked absolutely great So thank you all so very much for these really cool pictures And all the nice comments that you post If you would like to become a member Of the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group It is completely free to join You just have to go find us on Facebook and join Now if you'd like to become a member Of the Patreon club Well then this information is for you (laughs) Become a member of the Dinosaur George Patreon Club and join the fun. We offer different club levels, each with their own set of benefits. Private lessons, new discoveries, behind-the-scene access, and much more are all part of being a club member. Visit DinosaurGeorge.com and sign up today. Uh, everybody, look at your watch. Look at your phone. What time is it? Who would win? What if two different prehistoric creatures fought? Who would win? T-Rex versus a giant wolf? Raptor versus terror bird? Spinosaurus versus Triceratops? You choose the animals, and Dinosaur George will size them up and pick a winner. Now, get ready. It's time to find out who would win. All right, as you know, uh, if you are a T-Rex member of the Patreon club, you can submit a who would win. Let's go. This one is from Ben. Wants to know, Irritator versus Amargosaurus. Interesting battle. Interesting battle. Irritator, if you don't know who that is, that is a dinosaur that is in the Spinosaurid family. Irritator has the elongated snout and probably the big thumb claws. That's certainly going to be very helpful. Margosaurus is a small to medium-sized sauropod with these spikes on its neck. Now those spikes are going to come in very handy because I believe Irritator is probably going to be taller, and if it's going to attack, it's probably going to attack from above. Your weapons usually point up if your predators are taller than you, or out to the side if they are usually smaller. Not always. And Kylosaurus's arm, uh, weapons pointed mostly to the side, and yet the predator's coming from above. But those are there to stab the legs. So in this particular case, uh, I believe Irritator probably has an advantage with uh, probably more mobile than Amargosaurus. Margosaurus still has that whip-like tail, and that can do a lot of damage. I mean, one of the things that this thing is capable of doing— is turning its body sideways and lashing you with that tail. A couple of strikes to the face, especially if you hit the eyes and an irritator's out of the fight. Its eyes would become irritated. <laughs> See what I did? I <laughs> that was a yeah, that was a joke. I how come nobody's laughing? That was a good joke. All right, so there was a dad joke. whoop doo do. If your dad is with you right now listening, I guarantee you he's laughing. And I guarantee your dad right now is like, oh, I'm going to write that down. And I'm going to use that at work. All the guys at work say I'm the funniest one. Everybody thinks I should have been a comedian. Wait till I get him with the Amargasaurus irritated, irritator's eye. Yeah, baby. You're going to be a hero, dad. What were we talking about? Oh, yeah. I'm doing a podcast. That's what's going on. Okay. So, Ben... I believe in this particular case, although Irritator could cause a lot of damage, I believe Margosaurus would have what it takes to keep Irritator away. And a couple of well-placed hits with that tail, and I think Irritator is gone. Okay, this is from Melody V. Two Dinophiluses versus Utah Raptor. This is interesting. Dinophilus is a cat, a saber cat. Dinophilus is going to be probably faster, certainly going to be more agile. And what's the difference between fast and agile? Fast means in a race, like you line up next to each other and you take off and the winner is the fastest. Agile means you can jump, spin, twist, land, crawl back up, be thrown to the ground, leap back up. That's what agile means. Utah Raptor is a brute, not a ninja. Utah Raptor isn't going to jump around and it, it may do it for a little while, but it's too heavy. He's a combat. This is a combat Raptor, not a finesse Raptor. Finesse means like finesse means that you you're, you're smoother. You're faster. You're more gentle. A brute means you just come in swinging, baby. So Utah Raptor is a brute. Dinophilus has got finesse. And that, in my opinion, two of them would be too much because one of the things about Raptors is if you land on their back, they probably cannot turn their necks strong enough or far enough to reach around and bite you off of their back. They probably can't. They can't do that with their hands. That would be a vulnerable spot. That's the spot you're going to attack. And the benefit of Dinophilus is they both have fairly long teeth. Now they don't have those big long saber teeth, like uh, like a Smilodon or the saber what we call the saber-toothed cat. They got sharp teeth, but I think they could inflict a lot of injuries. I think Utah Raptor would have a hard time catching them, I guess is my point. Now, if Utah Raptor catches one or both, that fight ends instantly. But I believe, like all cats, Dinophilus would be too much for this Utah Raptor to be able to handle. So I'm going to give this battle to the two Dinophilus. Very good. All right. Harlan and Vaughn say Allosaurus versus Stegosaurus. Hey, man, this is a battle that has taken place. There's no doubt Allosaurus and Stegosaurus have met each other in combat. I believe. Here's here's what I think. I love Allosaurus, but here's the deal. We find lots and lots of Allosaurus, but we don't find a lot of Stegosauruses. So does that mean... That the Allosaurus has wiped them out, or does it mean that Stegosaurus was able to survive with all of those Allosaurus living in their environment? And that's what I believe that means. I believe it means that's like Ankylosaurus is rare, and so you might think, well, everybody ate them. No, that's probably not the case. They they were rare because they didn't need to be a lot of them because those that were there lived to be a ripe old age. I believe with so many Allosaurus fossils found, it would clearly suggest to me that there was lots of Allosaurus. And since Stegosaurus is kind of rare, I don't see it as, well, that's because they're eating them all. I see it as if you can survive with that many big meat eaters, you got to have something that helps you survive. And that tail, in my opinion, was made for one thing and one thing only. That is an, an anti-allosaur weapon made for Allosaurus. It could be used against Torvosaurus. It could be used against uh, Ceratosaurus. But I think its number one predator was Allosaurus, and I think it was equipped to handle that fight. And as much as this hurts me to say, I'm going to give the fight nine times out of ten, I'm going to give it to Allosaurus because Stegosaurus's throat is armored, It's got osteoderms on its throat. That means it would be hard to bite through the neck. Those plates were probably not a factor. I don't believe they were a factor. They don't appear to be strong enough to do any sort of damage. It certainly made it look bigger. And maybe it made it hard to attack from the top. But it's that tail. And because of the shape of the body, its back legs are high and its front legs are low. That means that it could squat down and turn really, really super fast. So even if a pair of Allosaurus are attacking, this guy could turn his body quick and take a swing with that tail. One hit from that tail and the fight's over. So as much as it kills me to say this, I'm giving it to Allosaurus. All right. Helico Hudson, dire wolf versus Kelenkin. Whoa. This is a good one, Kellenkin, the giant terror bird, dire wolves, very successful wolf of the Ice Age. During the Pleistocene, dire wolves were everywhere. Pretty, not totally, but pretty much worldwide. The dire wolf and its immediate relatives were very successful animals. They didn't get that way by accident. They got that way by being able to attack a variety of different animals. Some animals they probably knew to stay away from. If they were to meet up with Kellenkin, I don't believe the dire wolves are going to do anything because they know. Kellenkin's foot probably had a massive claw, much like a, like an ostrich or a cassowary. One kick, and they will split you open. Kellenkin is so much taller, it can view the battlefield. It can see dire wolves coming. It can prepare itself. Now, a pack of dire wolves, maybe they would have a chance, but I don't even think they would, because if you can get past that foot, You still got to deal with the beak of Kellenkin. And in my opinion, I'm going to give this one to Kellenkin. That's a good one. Leo D. says a mastodon versus a woolly mammoth. Whoa, this is an even battle. This is an even battle. All right, here's my opinion. Mastodons lived in a much greater area. They lived both where it was hot and humid and where it was cold. Woolly mammoths lived mostly where it stayed cold. That would mean that a mastodon would face more dangers living in two different areas, because you have predators in both that are different. If mastodons are capable of dealing with the short-faced bear and the saber-toothed cat and the terror birds or whatever else they faced in their life, mammoths didn't face that variety. Therefore, in my opinion, I think a Mastodon would have an advantage. One thing about a Mastodon's tusks, they appear to be better suited for ramming their opponents. Mammoth tusks were curved, and because they were curved, they could have been used as a club, but not a spear. So I think Mastodon would win this fight. I like it. No matter what it is, I like it a lot. And then finally, my friend Hennessy, who goes by Dinosaur Jr., a ground sloth versus a giraffe that's a very interesting one that's a very very interesting one i have never given any thought to this i mean the giraffe's neck is an excellent weapon it's a i mean listen it's a very good weapon they use it against each other to uh for dominance so they definitely use them as a weapon and the horns on their head could cause a devastating blow. But here's what I believe, Hennessy. I think the ground sloth is still not as tall. And so unless it is a big one, like, um, uh, oh my gosh, what's the giant ground sloth's name? Megatherium. Unless it is a megatherium and the megatherium is standing on its hind legs, I don't know if the giraffe can lean down far enough to really use its weapon. Whereas with megatherium, it's got that great big, big claws on their hand. And they can't reach a vital spot, but they could certainly hit the legs. But man, those legs are weapon. Listen, this is a good battle. I I don't know what to say in this one. Hennessy, I, I don't know what to say in this one. Man, I, this is a toss-up. I, I hate to do that. I hate to say it's a toss-up, but this one is a toss-up. In my opinion, I cannot tell you who's going to win this fight. It would be interesting if, if you could give me your input. If any of you are members of the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group, go on there and tell me who do you think would win? A ground sloth versus a giraffe. There, if you want a project, there's your project. Either draw a picture of them fighting and list your winner or draw a picture of them or show me your toys of them. But you pick the winner for this. All right, one of the benefits of being a T Rex member of the Patreon Club is you get the opportunity to be interviewed. So, let's hear it.
0: How would you like to be interviewed on a future podcast episode? Well, now you can. Become a Tyrannosaurus member of our Patreon club, and you might be chosen for an interview with Dinosaur George. Visit DinosaurGeorge.com to join the club. And now, let's meet a Tyrannosaurus club member.
1: All right, my friends. Today, Lewin's name came up on the podcast interview. Lewin, how are you doing, buddy? How old are you, Lewin? Seven. Seven years old. Lewin, where do you guys live? Scottsbury. Where?
0: Scottsbury. Nova Scotia. Nova
1: Scotia. Nova Scotia. Great. Very, very good. That's a, beautiful, that's a beautiful area. Very, very cool. So you live in Nova Scotia now. Is it getting cold outside? Yes. It must be. You just coughed. So that means you have a cold. That means it's cold outside. Well, that's very cool. I've only been one time to your part of the country, and I loved it. It's very, very beautiful. So um, do you like dinosaurs? Yes. Who is your favorite? If you had to pick one favorite of all the dinosaurs, who is your favorite? Spinosaurus. Spinosaurus? Uh, that's a pretty big dinosaur, kid. You sure you like him? Yes. I don't blame you. What do you like about Spinosaurus? What is it that makes you like him?
0: Probably because, like, he's basically the strongest dinosaur that ever has been found.
1: The uh, longest, that's right. A carnivore. Very good. What do you think that big sail was for on its back?
0: Maybe cooling it down or attracting mates.
1: Very good. Those are very good answers. That And that's, I think a lot of paleontologists would agree with you. That it may have been used for both of those things, you know. Sometimes animals have things that we don't understand, and they may it maybe does something else. I don't know what it would be. I can't imagine there's anything else. But do you think? Do you think that sail would have been brightly colored, or you do you think it would have been camouflaged?
0: I think maybe it
1: could change color. Oh, so it might have been able to change the color. Now that would be cool. Can you think of a reason why it would ever want to change the color of that sail?
0: Like to be camouflaged and then some, like, catch prey and that stuff. And then to attract mates to be bright and colored. Nice. dark, Dark colored for hunting, light colored for attracting mates.
1: Oh, that's a very good idea. So maybe it could display emotion. You know what emotions are? Do you know what that is yet?
0: Like a chameleon.
1: Yeah, right. Right. Like a chameleon could change colors. Like when they're mad or scared, um, <clears throat> perhaps they could change the color of it. That would be a very interesting thing. That would be, especially as big as that sail is, it would make you wonder, wow, if, if it gets angry, does it change color? and Does that scare a rival? Or if it sees one that it wants to be friends with, maybe the color changes again and it's a signal that says, hey, come over here. I'd like to talk to you. That would be pretty Do you think Spinosaurus has talked like that? <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if they spoke English or not. Do you think Spinosaurus speaks English?
0: Depending on the
1: place that it lives, yes. <laughs> That's very good. So um, what do you think about what they eat? Do you think they are mostly eating animals in the water or do you think they eat anything they could catch?
0: I think they're probably
1: maybe both. Maybe both. I, I agree. You know, when you look at how big Spinosaurus is, it has to eat a certain amount of food, right? The bigger you are, the more you have to eat. And so... I agree with you. I think that they would have tried to catch anything, whether it was in the water or on land. I think they definitely would have tried to catch anything to eat. Do you think they were good swimmers? You're shaking your head. Yes. That means yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I think you, I think you're right. I think that it, it, uh, I think they must've been good swimmers, right? If they're going to eat fish uh, or maybe rather than chasing them, do you think that they could stand in the water kind of like the way a bear does and maybe use their claws to grab the fish when they swim by?
0: I think if it was deeper water that they couldn't stand and they would swim, but like,
1: right, right. That's very good. Yeah. If, if they are in deep water where they've got to swim, they could, but you're right. They may have stood in more shallow water. Have you ever seen videos of like, Bears that are standing in the water, and when the fish are swimming by, they're grabbing yeah. them. Have you ever seen that before? Yeah, you, you have to remember, you, nobody can hear you shaking your head up and down. <laughs> so, <laughs> boy. So do you, do you think that, like a bear, they would maybe stand there in the water when a fish swims by, they could grab it with their mouth or their, their claws? Yes. Yeah, that's certainly a possibility. And especially when you see that real long skinny nose, uh that would have been good for grabbing fish in the water, right? Yes. Yeah, I agree. So what other dinosaurs now? I know you like Spinosaurus. Are there any other dinosaurs that you like?
0: Probably
1: T-Rex. T-Rex. So you like the carnivores. Do you ha- do you like any herbivores? Any of the plant eaters? Yes. Which they're one?
0: They're
1: called the Brachiosaurus. Oh wow. I like Triceratops, too. I think Triceratops. How many horns does the Triceratops have? Tell me. Quick. Three. You got it right. How did you know they have three?
0: Tri means three.
1: Great. So this kid speaks Latin. Well, that's just great, kid. Yes, you are correct. Tri means three in Latin. Smart kid. So so you like Triceratops? I think Triceratops is cool. What about some of triceratops' other relatives like Styracosaurus and Aeneasaurus? Do you like those those as well? What do you think what do you think triceratops used the frill for?
0: Protecting its
1: neck. That's a good guess. And could, what if what if it could change the color of its frill? I mean, you you said that maybe Steg, I mean, uh, Spinosaurus could change the color of its sail. Do you think I it would, would probably be
0: possible? Like the same thing, except without the
1: hunting part. Right, right. Well, you think about it, uh, Lewin. Imagine if a T Rex was closing in on a Triceratops, and all of a sudden its frill changed to another color. That might be that might scare a, a T-Rex away. You think that's possible? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely it could be possible. So, uh, perhaps that frill on uh on ceratopsians may have been able to do the things that the sale of Stegos of uh spinosaurus could do. That would be interesting. Now you said you like brachiosaurus. What do you like about brachiosaurus? Probably because it's it's
0: Nick is very, very tall.
1: Yeah. Now, I'm going to ask you a strange question. When Brachiosauruses walked through the woods, do you think they could walk quietly, or do you think they made a lot of noise?
0: They could walk quietly if they wanted, but, like, maybe
1: they made a lot of noise. That's That's very good. That's very good. The reason why I ask you is because people are always amazed how quietly elephants can walk. You know, elephants have pads on their feet, which kind of muffle the sound. Elephants can walk very, very quietly, and it's possible brachiosauruses could too. So let me ask you a super hard question. Why do you think a brachiosaurus would ever want to walk quietly?
0: Uh, I That's kind of funny because I was just thinking about that.
1: Why would it want to walk silently?
0: To try and keep, to try and hide from prey.
1: Very good. That's very good. Right. If you, let's say you're a herd of brachiosauruses and somebody smells the scent of an allosaurus. Well, if those brachiosauruses have babies with them, they don't want to make a lot of noise. They want to leave the area and get away from where they think Allosaurus is. So you're right. They could walk very quietly and get them away, as far away from the danger as they can. They don't want the danger to know they're there. That's very good. That's very, very good. So what grade are you in school, Lewin? Grade two. Grade two. And what do you like to do in school? Is there something you enjoy? Probably math. Math. Very proud of you. Math, math is very important for paleontology. I'm, I'm glad. What about, uh, do you like to draw? Are you an artist? So you're an art, you like to draw or paint? Both. Both. Nicely done. So, now what do you like to do for fun? Not just dinosaurs. What do you like to do for fun when you're not in school? Legos. Legos. What is the hardest thing you ever built out of Legos?
0: i built a
1: lot of things. <laughs> Probably my Optimus Prime. Whoa. You like Transformers? Yes. Yes. So who do you like best? Optimus Prime? Yes. Oh, man. And let me guess. He's the one that turns into a chicken. No. He's the one that turns into a unicycle. He turns into a skateboard. No. He turns into a rat. A big rat with a super long tail. I am Optimus <laughs> Rat. Wait, he's Optimus Rat? Oh. What does he turn into? A scrap. Oh, that's right. I was close when I said rat. How is that even close? <laughs> Have you ever gone to a museum before? Yes. Nice. What did you see? Do you remember some of the things you saw in the museum that you liked?
0: Yes.
1: What are they? Was it a dinosaur museum or a different kind of museum?
0: Mastodon. Mastodon
1: exhibit. Nice. What was Mastodon's? They lived...
0: In the Ice Age, after the dinosaurs.
1: Very good. And mastodons are giant elephants. What are mastodons related to that also lived during that time? Mammoths. Nice. There you go. There you go. That's exactly right. You had mastodons and mammoths. They're both giant elephant creatures, and they could live together. And... They lived together. Now, do you think that they lived next to each other? Like, could they herd together even though they're different species? It's it's possible, right? Yeah. Why would they want to stick together? Can you guess?
0: For protection.
1: Very, very good. Protection is exactly the right answer. If they did at all. We don't know if they did at all. But I think they might have. They might, because, you know, today in Africa, you have a lot of plant eaters that live together in a group, and they do it for protection. Very, very good. Now, you like mastodons. Are there any other prehistoric animals besides dinosaurs that you think are interesting? Saber tooth. Nice. Saber tooths are pretty amazing. Very amazing. Would you like to have one for a pet? Yes. Uh, The answer was supposed to be no. What would you want with a saber tooth running around your house?
0: Protection.
1: (laughs) So when your dad tells you it's time to go to bed, you could say, "Uh, talk to my saber tooth dad. (laughs) Oh, Louis, you're such a mess. Do you have any brothers or sisters? Who are your? Do you have? Do you have a brother or sister or more than one?
0: One younger sister, and her name is Geneva.
1: What a beautiful name!
0: Four.
1: do you help take care of Geneva? Big brothers, you're supposed to take, help take care of your little sister. So I hope you continue. You will as you get older, you'll discover you love your sister. Right now, she might drive you a little I crazy. Ah, then that means you're a good brother, and you're a good kid, and I'm very proud of you. Lewin, is there anything you want to say to people listening to you all over the world? Would you like to say hello to people, or would you like to tell them to go out and learn about Spinosaurus? What would you like to say?
0: Do you like jokes?
1: Do you like jokes? Yes. Do you know a dinosaur joke? Yes. Tell me a dinosaur joke. Why can't you
0: hear a pterodactyl in the bathroom?
1: I don't know why.
0: Cuz P is silent.
1: <laughs> Kid, you are an absolute mess. I hope <laughs> I hope that you enjoyed this this interview um and I hope everybody listening out there will go out and learn about Spinosaurus because it's a cool dinosaur and learn about Triceratops and learn about mastodons and saber-toothed cats. Because that's what Lewin likes. And what Lewin likes, we all have to like. Hey, do you know your name means lion or leader in English? Very cool. Are you a lion? You're lion. You've been lying this whole time? What? No, you've been leading this interview. Thank you so much, buddy. I hope you have a great day and uh, make sure and keep studying about those dinosaurs, okay? All right. Okay. Say goodbye to everybody. Bye. Well, all right, my friends, that is it for this podcast. I am so thrilled. What number is this one? This is podcast 76. Number 76. I am so thrilled that today is our two-year anniversary. Two years of fun. I hope you have all enjoyed it as much as I have. Make sure if you'd like to become a Patreon Club member, go to dinosaurgeorge.com and click on the Patreon Club link. Please share this podcast with all of your friends and let them know you listen. And uh, if you ever meet me anywhere, please come up to me. Tell me you are a listener so that I can give you a shout out. I know sometimes I know some sometimes you're shy and you don't want to come up to me. I understand that. But you can send a parent or a teacher if I'm at your school. If you don't, if you're worried about coming up and talking to me. Tell your teacher that you listen to my podcast and ask your teacher to come up and say hi, and I'll still give you a shout-out. If any of you are ever in the San Antonio area, stop by my store at Trader's Village. Go to dinosaurgeorge.com to get all the details about it. Until next time, my friends, stay warm if it's cold where you are. Stay cool if it's hot where you are. Be kind to everyone. Be kind to everyone. And if you have a friend or you see somebody at your school that doesn't have friends, you should go up and at least say hi. Maybe they don't want a friend and that's okay, but maybe they do. And you could be a hero and make that person feel welcome. Until next time, my friends, I'll see you all soon.